Welcome to Community Association Car Chat. The number one nationally recognized community association video podcast. Join your hosts, David Velasco and Steve Roderick, advisors at JGS Insurance, a Baldwin Risk partner, every Monday as they catapult the multifamily industry forward by providing education and information about a host of topics that affect the community association world today. You can watch the show every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern live on LinkedIn or listen wherever you get your podcast as Dave and Steve give you your weekly dose of laughter and learning from the best in the industry. Let's get into this week's episode with our very special guest. So today I am pleased to tell you, Dave, we have Mr. Bill Overton. Okay. He's an award-winning author. He's been a community manager for a, a lot of years. So, I, Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and, and what brought you to this world? Well, morning, guys. Thanks for having me. You know, I came into association management through the back door like a lot of us do. I had a career in real estate sales, brokerage, some development, tried to do it on my own, tried to do it with large companies. And there were just so many mark ups and downs. I was 30 in another recession and two kids and kind of stumbled into a community association management job. And it turned out to be a really good fit for me, for my personality, for liking to follow projects all the way through for my education. And it's turned into a great, great career. And I've been involved in AI pretty much that whole time at the chapter level on the national faculty over time. I've written some stuff for Common Ground Magazine and have helped them put together other publications and you know, I really enjoy the writing. I really enjoy the public speaking. And my experience is no matter how much you give to CAI, you get more back. So let me just ask you, are you still writing? And if so, what are you writing about these days? Anything relevant well, to your book. managers? There's a book actually being published this week, the hard copy thereof. It's sort of like Building Community 3.0. I was honored to lead a book project in the late 90s and then a follow-up project in the early 2000s. And we've put together about 15 new authors. These are all essays from managers, executives, service providers, HR, all different perspectives on the notion of building community and what it means in society right now. So, yeah, you mentioned some perspective. And sometimes that aspect of our industry goes somewhat overlooked. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've learned in really diving into what can really turn into some serious depression or anxiety issues in our industry specifically? I kind of viewed myself as a jet pilot and there wasn't a large scale community I could manage. And so typically I would get involved in broken communities, especially with process and communication and would get people involved and run them like a corporation. Also trying to strive for Starbucks level service. And, you know, I've made a pretty good career of doing that. But in retrospect, about seven years ago, I hit a wall and I couldn't fix the property. I was having trouble with some of the leaders and my ethics and such were in question being challenged. And I had a breakdown. I got so stressed out and so tired and so burned out that I literally started having health effects. And okay. I went to the doctor to get checked out and he diagnosed me with high performing anxiety and depression. Think Michael Phelps. Think Robin Williams, think people like that. And as I started to recover, I started reading a lot about this. 
and I learned that there were a lot of people that had it. Mm -hmm. And in January, a year and a half, almost two years ago, I wrote an essay for Common Ground Magazine telling my story and saying, you know, there's others out there, I'm sure, that are dealing with this and don't go through it alone. There is life after setting boundaries at work and you can move on. And the reception was overwhelmingly positive. It's grown into other articles, other speaking opportunities at national conferences and such. And what I found is there are a lot of managers out there and a lot of our teams mm -hmm. out there struggling with anxiety and depression and overwork. Right. That this is a chronic issue, not just in our industry, but worldwide. So, Bill, this is not just a community association manager's issue. It's a worldwide problem. So how does it affect actually the economy? Do you have any stats on that? Well, I think it's worse in our industry because of the nature of our service business. But yes, it's a worldwide problem. And the pandemic opened up the analysis of this because everybody was worried about their employees dealing with the stress of the pandemic. Yes, there are worldwide statistics and national statistics. If you Google Gallup, they did a worldwide study and they estimate $9 trillion gross domestic product dollars because of stress, anxiety, quiet quitting, loud okay. quitting in the workplace. So this is a productivity and a retention issue. We should address this because it's a human issue. People commit suicide from anxiety and depression and burnout. But we should also address it because companies will be more profitable. They'll have happier, higher performing employees. Sure. So aside from statistically speaking, you've done extensive research on the topic. From your opinion, just a gut feeling, what would be some of the, the triggers? Is, is there anything specific that seems to be a, a recurring theme? Well, you know, for me, we advise boards and we also try to mediate disputes. And we all know that there are times that boards will not follow direction. And there's a range for how much my stress varies when I'm dealing with a difficult board. If we're not doing anything illegal, if we're not doing anything unethical, if the workload is reasonable, most managers can stay in the happy middle no matter what's going on. But when your board is pushing you to do more than you can accomplish in a 60-hour week or a 40-hour week, when there are ethical issues and legal issues that the board or a, a president is pushing a manager to walk the line on, those raise my stress levels. And those were the I, things that triggered yeah. me. But that's after 20 years, 30 years of handling very difficult properties. And what I would just say is that one of my favorite lines is, every dead body on Mount Everest was once a highly motivated individual. So if you're the guy that has always been the fixer, you're probably already primed for burnout and mental health issues. I think our industry attracts high-performing people that are prone to this, but we also attract codependent, people-pleasing people that can be prone to this. And what I have found, Associa is very open. That Desert Resort Management is who I work for. That's an Associa company. Associate is very open to wellness, to improving wellness in the workplace, but it's a broad issue. It's not just about self-help, like I do yoga and I meditate. I do those things. Yeah. But it's also about stress and culture in the office. It's about how we deal with people. It's about how we allow our customers to deal with us. So how big is the issue, would you say, 
in the industry from one to 10, how would you rate the industry in which we work as far as the mental health pressure and anxieties that it can be triggered by? What would you say? Well, I would say historically, I would give our industry a zero on dealing with this issue. I mean, I would, you know, Boards don't mind if they're unreasonable. Management companies often want to keep clients at all costs. And the person that's responsible for that is the manager and maybe other key employees. You know, when I've tried to talk about this issue in the past, it's been, you need to get your act together. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're responsible. Figure out a way to get it done. And that has historically been the way our industry has addressed this. And I've quite frankly, think there have been times our industry has looked at managers and key middle managers as interchangeable parts. I think what we're realizing now, especially after the slowness that people went back to work after the pandemic, we're in an all-out war for talent. We have young people coming out of college and high school that we need to recruit to our industry, and we need to make our workplaces wellness-focused to lower that stress. And the challenge is that boards don't want to pay for more service often. They're always worried about the low bidder and they don't want to add staff very easily. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is a respect issue. I think it's a workplace issue where we need to continue to educate our management companies, our managers, but also our client. Because let's face it, this is a bad news business. I rarely get a phone call saying, Bill, I just was thinking about what a great job you're doing this morning. And I wanted to call and say, hi. No, it's usually the sky is falling. What do my dues go for? When's the last so time it, out and looked at the property? That's what so I usually get all day, every day. And it wears on you. Bill, do you have any advice for the managers themselves? It's got to be tough. I mean, you're getting orders from above and, and really you're just trying to maintain. You're getting it from all angles, from the unit owners. You're getting it from the boards and your, and your own management team. So do you have any advice for, for the managers out there, the, the people that, that are really, really taking it? Do you have any advice for them? I do. I, I think that it's okay to set boundaries. I never thought that I could set boundaries with my boss or with my board. It's okay to turn your phone off on Friday night and on Saturday and Sunday. In my opinion, I think that we need to also lead by example, not just managers, but executives and management companies. Okay. We all need to do a better job of taking care of our own mental health and then mentoring that down through the chain of command. I think companies need to focus on this, all companies. We're losing employees. Gen Z wants wellness in the workplace much higher than boomers think they do. So young people are going to be demanding this in the workplace going forward. And the quicker we as an industry adjust to this, the better. And I think we'll have better workplace performance. Outstanding. So this is my takeaway. Set boundaries. Turn off your phone at the end on Friday night and on the weekend. Lead by example. Take care of yourself and take care of your people. So thank you very much for joining us and sharing these nuggets of wisdom. But before we hang up this episode, we want to give you 10 seconds to give us a quick shout out to somebody that you feel has been influential for you personally, for your career, maybe your favorite charity. The mic is yours. You got 10 seconds. Well, Mike Packard and Don Bauman. Mike's a mentor, manager, and Don Bauman is an incredible staff member at CAI National. They've been my two guardian angels 
in this industry for decades. Thank you both. Outstanding, Bill. Thank you so much for being on the show. We had a great time. Lots of useful knowledge for the managers, for the leaders, for everybody. And we we really, we take a lot from that. So thank you, Bill, for being with us. It's great you guys are doing something like this. Thank you. And we'll see the rest of you guys next time on Car Chat. See you next time. And don't forget to order the book. Thanks for listening to Community Association Car Chat Podcast. The number one nationally recognized community association video podcast. Go ahead and hit subscribe to get the latest podcast delivered straight to your phone or tablet each week. And remember, you can watch us live on LinkedIn every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Community Association Car Chat LinkedIn page.